Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Uh, we are talking about biblical money management, applying proven biblical principles to manage and increase your finances. So my message is managing my giving, the tithe. The tithe. Biblical money management, this series is designed to help every person set their financial house in order. In building a house, the builder must be wise, know the blueprints and follow them, and use the right material. The wise builder knows that storms will come. How many of us know storms will come? For most of you, storms have already come. And you managed it, right? That's right. So this is a reaffirmance of what's happening with you, all right, or what's happened with you. The builder knows that storms will come, floods will rise, and the winds of adversity will blow. The house must be fortified against the day of testing. As we build our financial house, there are definite biblical ingredients. Okay. We have learned by our brothers that came before me that managing our money is important. It is not our money we are managing, but God's, if you didn't know that. It's not mine, but his. I always say, less of me, more of him. Because if I get in the mix, I'm going to try to fix it, and it just don't work. Not the way it should. Not the way it could. I'm not going to say I can't fix things. I can fix things. But God can restore things. I am not in a restoration business. God can restore things that the canker worm has stolen. I can't do that. So... There are consequences, though, however, for mismanaging and rewards for wise management, as you probably already know. We may have financial problems because of our undisciplined lifestyle, sinful habits, and failure to follow these biblical principles. Lack of training or knowledge of money management. Refusal to give liberally and consistently, especially giving of our tithe, can cause some of those issues. Great things can be accomplished through your life when it is aligned with God's word. Believe for great things and set your financial house in order. Now, after his, his testimony and those few words, I should be done, right? I shouldn't have to say anything else because God is able. We have to be what? Somebody, somebody tell me what we have to be. You already know. I told you, you already know this word. We have to be obedient. It is important. Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. All right. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart. That means I had to think about it. I had to purposefully do it. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't because somebody stood up in front of me and said, give a thousand dollars. I had to already do it. I had to already think about it. I had to purpose it. That's right. Although that works too. That works too. I've been in many churches where they say the $1,000 line starts there. The $100 line goes over there. I've been in many services like that. 
I was probably towards the $100, but I wanted to be over there. 1 Timothy 6.18 says, ready to give, willing to share. All right. So, what's my first slide, Mrs. Morgan, because it's not in my thing. All right. Stewardship. There it is. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of what God has entrusted to our care. Not just our money, our time, our strengths, our talents, and our money. When I read that, I wondered why that was there. And God hit me. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. It wasn't the money part, I don't think, that hit me more than anything. It was the, the talents. God has given us, each one of us, something to do. And giving it to the church or giving it to God, giving it to God is just part of it, right? I, I, when they ask me to play, I play. That's the talent that God believe God has given me. Uh, when they ask me to run cable in the church or to build something or to cut wood or sweep the floor, I have a talent for all of those things and I do it. But do I practice it? Do I prepare for it, the evidentiality of it? Do I prepare? Do I sit down at my keyboard at home and practice for 10% of the week? But I don't. I'll be honest, I don't. So when it comes time to give it, am I truly ready? Did I truly prepare? Did I purposely do it in my heart? The money part is easy. The rest of it is a little bit more challenging, at least for me. As Pastor Mike says, I'm looking in the mirror. Don't necessarily like what I see. All right, Sarah, what's the next slide? That's the one that's actually missing. Biblical money management is a matter of the heart. Not necessarily a matter of the mind, because my family, I've been in church my whole life. And this tithing thing and money management has always been there. Tithing is always, it's just, it's, it's almost second nature. Which is good, I suppose. Um, but has it always been from here? It, it, it can, it, it, it's a habit almost. In fact, what I do, just to tell you what I do for my tithes is, I have a allotment come out of my check. I don't have to think about it. Because that's what I, that's a mind thing. It's just, it's, it's, but is it here? It just does it automatically. I don't even see it. I don't, I don't think about it. I know it's God's. I give it to him. I don't think about it. But is it here? Do I feel it? Hmm. I, I, I'm just curious how you feel about it. All right. So, um, there's this thing called nature. Uh, and nature has many different defin definitions. There's an, in, in this definition, I'm going to talk about old nature, how I used to be, and new nature, where I should be, right? Old nature is where I used to be, new nature, I pray is where I am and where I should be, okay? So let's talk about old nature. The old nature withholds more than is right. In other words, uh, the old Michael takes my, my money first and do with it what I want, right? The new nature really should not be like that. The new nature should take my money. <laughs> I got you, right, because I said my money. The new nature should take God's money and do with it what he wants, 
Okay, so are you living in the old nature? Are you living in the new nature? All right, so Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. So that was backwards in my mind. I'm going to be honest. If I take my money and scatter it, then I don't have anything left, right? I don't think it means throw it away when it says scatter. It means give it to those in need, to those who need. Put it in a worthy cause. Donate it to a charity or to the widows and those who don't have anything. To scatter means to give freely, right? Instead of holding it all for myself. Instead of building up my barns, I need to scatter it around. So if I was a millionaire, it'd be really easy to just say, okay, look, I'm going to take $100,000 and just divide it up amongst all of y'all. That'd be easy. I probably wouldn't even miss it, probably. But if I had $100 and I took $10 and divide, I couldn't take $10 and divide it up against y'all because there's more than y'all in here. So it'd be a little less than half, probably, of what I was looking for, right? So giving that is a little bit more challenging. I believe, I believe my mission, my goal, my cause is the second, not the first. Giving shouldn't be in my mind, shouldn't be so easy that I don't have to think about it. I, I think it should be a little bit more of a challenge that challenges me. It, it stretches me. It makes me more like God because the God gave, he gave everything. He, he did, it wasn't a 10% that he gave to us. Christ is not 10% of God. Christ is 100% of God. So when he gave his son, he gave all that he had for me, for you, for those that are online, for those that are on Facebook, for those who are in this house, for your kids who aren't here, for the, for the sinners that you work with, for, for all of us, right? 100%. Aren't you glad God didn't ask you for 100%? I mean, he could. He's our example. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that there. <laughs> All right, Proverbs eleven twenty six. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessings will be on the head of him who sells it. And that kind of just reiterates that same point. If I'm a hold on to it, if I'm a hoarded, if I'm a hoarder, I know y'all seen those shows. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna be honest. It's ridiculous. I, I, if Mrs. Morgan was in here, she would say Michael is a closet hoarder. I, I don't even, I'm not even going to call it a closet. I just, you know, I have my, my basement where I have my stuff. It's just too much. <laughs> All right, so withholds more. So am I, uh, am I stubborn? Am I stingy or selfish? Do I doubt that God will do what he says he would do? Am I trying to put my reasoning in on this thing that we're talking about, on this giving? Not just the tithe, of your time as well. We talked about that. Am I stingy? Am I trying to withhold? So withhold means to restrain, to hold back, to keep for oneself, to refrain. Am I keeping it all for me? So I am not. I know you are not. I pray all of you are not. And if you are, it's not too late. All right, so that's the old nature. The new nature scatters and increases. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. 
I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Colossians 3.10 says this, I have put and have put on the new man who was renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The new nature that we're talking about abandons selfish ambition in regard to achieving wealth and prosperity for one's own sake. I put away that selfish ambition. I put away the desire to be a millionaire. I used to have that desire. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I desire that anymore. I, I, only in the fact that, and Brother Carter, last week I tell you what, you had me cracking up with the whole, with the whole um, going to the store, buying that little, that little ticket, I, I, I grew up thinking it was a sin. I'll just be honest. I'll just be honest. But I like what you said because those thoughts crossed my mind so many times as I bought a lottery ticket, uh, knowing it was sin, thinking it was sin. Um, I would say those exact words. Okay, Lord, if you help me win, I promise you, I'm going to give 30% to the church. I'm just going to bypass the whole 10% thing. I'm going to give 30% to the church. So really, Lord, this is in your benefit to make this lottery ticket work for me. Isn't that, isn't that so? And when you said that last week, I was like, oh, God, he's talking right to me. I just can't believe he's talking. I can't believe he said those exact words to me. It, it, it had me cracking up, but it convicted me. Because I have, to be honest, I have said that same thing. So I'm, a, I'm going to abandon. I'm going to abandon that self ambition. I'm gonna that whole thing about being a millionaire. I, if if God, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's okay. I, I am so blessed with God right now that money can't make it any better. I have a wonderful wife. I have wonderful. I have wonderful children. I have wonderful children. I do. I do. So what more, what more could I ask for? The money is going to go to the uh, church, Pastor, Pastor Mike. So you can, you, can, you can pray that for me. All right. The new nature teaches us to trust in God's ability to meet abundantly all our material needs. In other words, I don't have to worry about it. Did you say, would you say the foxes have holes? No. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. Uh, what is it, the, the, the flowers of the field are adorns so much more does God love me? I, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it because God has our back. All right. The new nature teaches us to be willing to put all that we have at his disposal. There's that word all where he gave 100%. Uh, I, think, I think if you add up all the things, all your talents, all your money, if we give 10% of each of those, that would be 100%. If you think about it like that, how he gave us Christ, all that he had, we can give 10% of every one of those things. I can give 10% of my piano plan, 10% of my finances, 10% of, uh, of helping others, 10% of cutting uh, Larry's grass, 10% of fixing somebody's shutters on there. And if I add all those things up, that could be 100%. So I'm giving all, I'm giving all, not all, all but all in little pieces. All right, to everybody. All right. 
The new nature teaches us to be willing to put all that we have at his disposal. The new nature teaches us that God is good. We know that. We say that a lot. God is good. And that he is the God of abundance, blessing, and prosperity. The God of more than enough. God is more than enough. I love that song. More than enough. The new nature teaches us our money is a trust from God and must be earned and managed according to spiritual, uh, I'm sorry, scriptural and spiritual principles. Okay, so the new man, the new nature, scatters. The new nature is more than willing to give, not just to God, but to each other. So the tithe is the first of our wages and the first of our increase. I always think about it as the first of our wages. That's the 10%. That's what I grew up learning, the first of our wages. What I gloss over is the first of my increase. I'm going to be honest. I'll just be honest. I, think, I don't think about that. If I do something on the side for somebody and they bless me, what is that? That's not my wages. That's an increase. I should. Let me, the word is should. And then and, and we'll get to the end where we, we, can, we can fix this should and turn it around. Uh, I should give 10% on that as well, okay, the increase. The increase can also be uh, if you get a promotion. Well, actually, that's still part of, your, part of your wages. But anything I do on the side, I do a lot of work on the side for people, and sometimes I get blessed. That is my increase. The increase is not always monetarily, though. So... Um, if uh, Pastor Mike were to buy me a keyboard, that would be an increase. If Pastor Mike would buy me a nice keyboard, really nice keyboard, you know, dual keyboard with stands and everything, you know, lights and all that stuff. If he were to buy me a keyboard, I should give Tim more percent of my practicing. I should give Tim more percent of my practicing on that, right, so that I can bless God more. It's not so that I can have more, though. It really is not so that I can have more. Uh, this is a misconception that, uh, as Americans, we really have. We're taught in school, me, 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 all about me, and, and it is completely opposite to God. So we have to break that. You know, even in our young people, we have, to, we have to break that mentality of it's all about me because it really is all about him. It really is. All right, the tenth is... Uh, the tithe is the tenth part of anything. It is the first part of your income. And, and, and so I struggled with this for a long time. I would give 10% of my net, which is what I got. But, which, you know, they, they, if my check was $3,000 and I got 2200 after taxes, then I would do my 10% from that. I, I don't think in my estimation that's called the tenth. That's more like the 7.2. Right? Anybody else know that? All right, I got, I got, I did get a hand raised back there. Okay, I got, I got one hand raised. Yeah, that's okay. <clears throat> it was later in life after we were married, my wife and I, uh, where she got on me about that and said, you're not really giving your tenth. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm giving 10% of what I bring home. That's not it. Is Caesar? Well, we don't have Caesar. Is, is the IRS? 
first before God or is God before the IRS? Okay. All right. So once I got that revelation from Mrs. Morgan, who is, I'll be honest, the smartest one in our family, you know, she, she's right. I, I, I joke this a lot, but it's not a joke anymore. Uh, I get two times a year to be right. Uh, two times. And I'm, just, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm all right with that because she's a really good woman. Uh, and I rub it in when I'm right those two times. The 98% of the time when she's right, uh, I, I, you know, I, I got to give her an honor because she's right. So uh, once I got that principle of tithing on my gross, it's funny. It's not even funny. It's just how God is, right? I started getting raises at work. I, I, well, Lord, I don't understand. Why, why, why am I getting a raise? Oh. Oh, I got a $10,000 raise. That's unheard of. Once I started doing it the right way. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let that go. 10%. 10%. Uh, this is our first giving responsibility and our minimum financial commitment. The tithe is our minimum financial commitment. First, the word first is this. That which is before anything else in time, rank, place, or consideration. That which is before anything else in the order of time, before all others, in place, and in consideration. That's when I said the, the gross is when I started tithing on that as opposed to my net. I put God first as opposed to being behind, behind the IRS. All right. Uh, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, uh, this barns filled with plenty, I kind of spoke on this just a few minutes ago, it's not so that I can have more. Because it's, the provision is not for me. It's for us. This is not, I'm not saying that we have to share everything that we have, but if you are in need and I have excess, would I be a Christian if I didn't share in my excess with, to meet your need? I mean, isn't that how God works? Are we not the hands and feet of God? Are we not the ones that are supposed to go through and show people how God's principles work? If I have increased, I need to share it with you. Who needs money? I got one. Y'all missed out. I got one. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't hesitate, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> which is good, which is good. All right, many people believe that their first responsibility to is to tend to their personal needs. Then give God a slice of the leftovers. But I think we hit that one pretty hard. So the tithe is the acknowledgement that all we have belongs to the Lord. All we have, all we are, all we possess, all we can earn are equally the gifts of God. We are to acknowledge God as our giver of all good things, which are the support and comfort of our natural lives. And therefore, we are to give God our first and our best. So it's not just the first, it's the best. In the Old Testament, when they gave their tithe, they were supposed to get a, a give an animal that was unblemished. It's easy to take the crippled one and give that away, right? Because that benefits you, right? But God said he wants the first, he wants the best. So a lamb without spot or blemish, which is what he gave us, right? 
Again, he does everything first so that we know how to do it. He didn't give us his crippled child. He gave us his spot, unblemished, unspotted child. He gave us the best. And you know that. God estimates that what we give, God estimates what we give by what we keep. This confused me for a few, a few minutes. For it is possible to, dis, to, dispose, to bestow large sums and yet reserve so much in large amounts that no self-denial is possible. Such giving to the Lord costs us nothing. So this, this really threw me for a loop. God estimates what we give by what we keep. And I thought, what does that mean? And so this is a, um, this is a quote by George Mueller. There's a, there's a story, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true because it's got dates. There was an orphanage, I believe. <laughs> I, got it off the, I got it off the internet, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's true. But it fits very well to what we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I, I didn't research to see if it was true, but it, it, it worked really well. All right. So this guy is George Mueller, and he was the treasurer of an orphanage in, uh, in I think it was Great Britain. Um, and this story goes like this. There is one who sits over against the treasury. This was George Mueller watching the gifts cast into it and impartially weighing their worth, estimating the rich man's millions and the widow's mites. Not by the amount given, but by the motives which they impel and measure of the sacrifice accepted for the Lord's sake. The ample supplies poured into Mr. Mueller's hands came alike from those who had abundance of wealth and from those whose abundance was that of deep poverty. But the reels as well as the rivers were from God. It is one charms of this life story to observe the variety of persons and places, sums of money and forms of help connected with the donations made to the Lord's work. Again, this was an orphanage. Uh, so among the first givers to the work was a poor needlewoman. Now I'm going to assume a needlewoman is the person that sews. Okay, all right, that's, that's what I thought. Who, to Mr. Mueller's surprise, brought 100 pounds, which is why I thought it was British, 100 pounds. She earned, uh, she earned by her work in only an average per week of three shillings and six pence. And I tried forever to figure out how much that money that was, and I'm pretty sure it's not very much. Three shillings and six pence is a week's wages. Um, and so I believe that shillings make up pounds, and so she had a lot of money, which was a lot of weeks worth of, worth of work. Um, so she uh, earned per week three shillings and six pence, which was moreover weak in body, so she was sickly as well. A small legacy of less than 500 pounds from her grandmother's estate had come to her at her father's death by the conditions of her grandmother's will. But the father had died in a drunkard and had and been bankrupt. And her brothers and sisters had settled with his creditors by paying them five shillings to the pound. So in other words, I'm just going to assume that that's 5% of what they owed. So if they owed $100 or a pound, let's say a pound is $100, they just gave her, they gave them $5. Okay, that's my assumption. So five shillings to the pound. To her conscience, that seemed like she was robbing the creditors of three-fourths of their claim. And, though they had no legal hold upon her, she privately paid the other 15 shillings to the pound of the unpaid debts of her father. Okay, so 
Her brothers got equal share. Her brother and sister got equal share of what she got. They robbed the creditors. She made up the difference, okay, from her part. Moreover, when her unconverted brothers and two sisters each gave 50 pounds to the widowed mother, their mother, she as the child of God felt like she should give double that amount. By this time, her share of the legacy was due to a small remainder, and it was out of that that she gave 100 pounds of the orphan work. So she gave all but $100 of her inheritance uh, in spite of what her brothers and sisters did. She gave this willingly out of her own heart. Okay. As Mr. Mueller's settled principle was never to grasp eagerly at any gift, whatever the need or amount of the gift. Before accepting this money, he had a long conversation with this woman, seeking to prevent her from giving either from an unsanctified motive or an unhallowed haste without counting the cost. He would in such case dishonor his master by accepting the gift as though God were in need of our offerings. Careful scrutiny, however, revealed no motives not pure and Christ-like. So everything she did was pure and Christ-like. This woman had calmly and deliberately reached her decision. The Lord Jesus, she said, has given his last drop of blood for me, and should I not give him this hundred pounds? He who comes into contact with such givers in his work for God finds them finds therein a means of grace. So in other words, this woman was being Christ-like in her giving. She was being God-like in her giving. As God gave all, she basically gave the last of what she had after she settled her family's debts and took care of her mother, and she gave it all to the poor. Okay, interesting. Okay. This striking incident leads a, leads a pathetic interest to the beginnings of the orphan work. It wasn't that much money to the work that needed to be done, but it was all that she had to give. And still further trace of the story of this humble needlewoman, she had been a habitual giver, but, not, but so unobtrusively that while she lived, not a half dozen people knew either the legacy or of this donation. So nobody really knew what she did. She just did it. She did it because, not because she wanted to be recognized. She did it because she felt like God told her to. She felt like God would, would bless her because of it. And even if he didn't, she still did it. All right. So this woman, is, a, in my opinion, is a woman of great faith. And um, Mr. Mueller said the same thing. Five feathers made to her benevolence praiseworthy. First of all, these deeds of charity were done in secret and without any show. So nobody knew she did it. And she, therefore, was kept humble, not puffed up with pride through humane applause. So she didn't want people to know that she did it so that she would get the glory. She did it because God would get the, get the, get the glory. This is important as we're talking about tithing and as we're talking about uh, giving. Her personal habits of dress and diet remained simple after her legacy as before. And to the last day, she worked with her needlework for her own support. So she could have taken that money to support herself, but in other words, she kept working, doing what she was told to do, or, or her, um, her work. She kept doing her work. She kept doing what she was, her talents, her giftings. She kept doing that to support herself. And finally, while her earnings were counted in shin, uh, um, shillings and pence, 
Her givings were counted in sovereigns or five-pound notes, and in one case, by the hundred pounds, which we, which we talked about. Her money was entirely gone years before she was called hired. But the faithful God never forgot his promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. She believed in giving and into the fact that she gave it all. Now, when we talk about tithing, when I'm not asking you to give it all. We're, we're asking for the tenth uh, and the tenth of your increase. But it's not to us, right? It's not to the leadership of the house. It's not to... Um, this might be controversial. It's not to put a roof on the building. Your, your tithe is to God. And then you don't have to think about it. I, I, I used to think about it. I used to think, okay, I'm giving X number of dollars to the church. What are they doing with my money? Remember the old nature? <laughs> That's old nature thinking. What are they doing with my money? Uh, it's not about me. And it's not mine to give. I don't know if y'all got that earlier. It's really not mine to give. What is your saying? I want 90% uh, of blessed better than 100% of cursed. All right. All right. So tithe is to be given with an attitude of worship as a rejoicing offering. Sister Dietrich says that almost every time we have uh, tithe. Cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. If you give begrudgingly, why give? Might as well just be happy. Happy. All right. Mary, a giving worshiper, poured out very costly oil at the feet of Jesus in love and adoration. 300 denarii was one year's wages. She gave it in worship. Giving must be the goal of bringing pleasure to God. Deuteronomy 26.10 says, And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given to me. Then you shall set it before the Lord and your God and worship before the Lord your God. Worship as we give. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, So let each one of us, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know if you know this, but God deserves our best. Do you know that? He doesn't want second best. He doesn't want the IRS to get your best. IRS needs to get their IRS, so don't get me wrong, but it needs to come after, after God. Tithe is a sacred portion that we set aside for the Lord's. I don't know if you know this, but it is holy. All right, so what is a sacred portion? Sacred actually means not treated as common, but distinct, dedicated for special use. Hallowed, sanctified, dedicated. Giving according to your means. I'm sorry, giving according to your means. Give according to your income, lest God make your income according to your giving. So, give according to your income, lest God make your income according to your giving. That was from Peter Marshall. I, that one scares too. <laughs> if I give 5%, I want my income to be 5%. five Okay. The tithe is to be given as an act of spiritual obedience. We talked about that when we first got started. I have listened to the voice of the Lord. 
No word touches the heart of stewardship more than obedience. Careful hearing produces careful obedience. Careful hearing produces careful obedience. A good steward pays attention to the detail because his desire is to please the master. Deuteronomy 26, 14 says, I have not eaten of it, of any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. It needs to be obedience. It needs to be obedience. Tithe is the one aspect that resists the curses that can affect our lives. This is where we're getting to the part where it gets good. All right, so we talked about giving. And so let's talk about what happens when you give. Let's talk about when you are obedient. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, 15 says, Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, and, and the land which you have given us, just as you swore our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Luke, 20, Luke 6, 38 says this, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So, do you believe that God is true? Do you believe that God says he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings more than you can handle, more than you can Hold, do you believe he will bless you more than enough? Do you believe that God is a healer and a provider? Do you believe that God is sovereign? Do you believe that God can lie? All right. Yeah, you, you were reading into what I was saying. No, he cannot lie. So if he says, if you are obedient, I will rebuke the devourer, do you believe that? So... Um, this is not a, uh, I'm not going to tell you that you won't have issues or problems or financial worries. I'm not going to tell you that your life, uh, that you're going to be rich beyond your wildest dream. Because I don't believe that's what he's saying here. I'm saying, I believe he's saying be obedient. And I will take care of the rest. And the rest doesn't necessarily mean a million dollars in my bank account. It could it doesn't in mind, not today. I'm not going to give up on it, but it doesn't in mind, not today. That doesn't mean I might not get cancer one day either. It, might, it doesn't mean that. If I get cancer, I get cancer, right? Why not me? I know people who've died from cancer, Christians. Am I more special than them because I tithe? It's the same God, right? What I'm saying is, if I get cancer, God has my back. He can do it. He will get me through it. Even if getting me through it, it means I go see him. So in, in all these things, God is in control. If I'm obedient, he's got my back. Even through the hard times. Because see, the hard times can be a whole lot worse without God. They're still hard, but he's more than enough to get me through it, right? But it doesn't mean I won't go through those hard times, okay? He, however, will resist the curse. He will resist the curse if I'm obedient. 
All right. We're almost done. I told Pastor Michael, I was going to try to keep this to about 12 minutes. I think I'm a little bit beyond that. Just a little bit. Am I, am I, am I beyond 30? I'm beyond 30. Oh, I got to hurry. Oh, it's 11.37. All right. I'm going to beat you, though, because you were longer than me. All right. <laughs> tithe is the provision for releasing the ministry in the house of the Lord. So when we tithe, we are tithing to God and to God. But that tithe comes into this storehouse. And it is our responsibility as the leadership to release that tithe to the ministry of God. Uh, the ministry of God is not this house. The ministry of God is not necessarily these people. Our mission field is not in this house. Right? What we do, and I know we do this, we send out to bless others. We send out to to ministries in the, in the Philippines and the Fiji and the places where the word is going out. But it doesn't go there. We have to take, we have to do the same thing. Our mission field is outside those front, those front doors. So our mission, our mission, our, this people in this place, those people that are online that are part of the Life Church, our mission is right out there, Bloomington. We got a big mission field called Indiana University. Huge, and they are confused, and we need to help them. Just saying. All right. So when we when we are obedient, it releases the it releases the ministry of the house of the Lord, which is outside of this place. Tithing is not just Old Testament. I don't know if y'all knew that. Both Jesus and the apostles confirmed tithing and offerings. I'm just going to do one of these scriptures, Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So we are to do our, our charitable, in this time, they're talking about tithing, to God, not unto man. Not so that you can see how great I am because I tithe. You shouldn't care if I tithe. You should only care if you tithe. Okay. Is that, is that all right? All right. I care that I tie. You care that you tie. Okay. In, and if you are not tithing, and this is one of the things we really have tried to instill in all of our kids, um, it's, we, have to be, we have to walk a very fine line here because uh, with kids, I don't want them to ever see God as a genie in a bottle. I don't want them to see, I don't want them to say, well, if I give, then I should expect, you know, I mean, look, I'm giving 10% and you'd be four, fourfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, that's, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, I expect that, God, you know, God, come on. I gave. I don't ever, I don't ever want that with my, with my kids. So, so, but I do want them to understand the power of obedience. I want them to understand that whether I get it back or not, I'm obedient to what God said, right? So if you are not giving, uh, repent of it, right? Just say, Lord, I, I, I didn't understand. I, 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 well, maybe I didn't understand. Let's just be honest. I understood. I just didn't want to do it. Uh, and just say, I'm sorry, because he'll, he'll be like, okay, and then start tithing, and all of a sudden, you'll feel better. 
And then you're, you're no longer robbing God. Why? Of all the people in the world to rob, why would you rob God? It doesn't make any sense. It's his. That's right. Oh, it says right here. Will a man rob God? I must have read that somewhere before. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. I'm going to let that one go. Let's a quick definition of robbery means taking by either fraud or violent that which belongs to another and appropriating it for your own use. That sounds like robbing. It is not only taking what is yours, but keeping back for yourself what belongs to somebody else. One-tenth belongs to God. Failure to pay that is robbery. I'll let you go on that. Robbing God is permitting something hmm, to have stronger power over us than his will. Robbing God is permitting something to have stronger power over us than his will. Okay. All right. So bring the tithe into the storehouse. Storehouse. The Old Testament storehouse was a place where God designed to keep abundance and distribute it to the people. It was also his tabernacle where his name was established. Today, the storehouse is your local church, the place where you receive your spiritual food, nurturing, fellowship, and where we worship. Right here. For y'all, right here. For those online, it should be right here. We welcome you with open arms to this storehouse, all right, to this local place, to this church, the Life Church, Bloomington, Indiana, 3575 North Prowl Road, right behind North High School. That's where we are. Come and see us. The tithe is not to be used uh, for other interests in other ministries or missionaries. So... so what that means is, uh, I believe, what was her name, Grace Chung? Grace Chung, I believe in the ministry that she has. I'm going to take 2% of my tithe and send it to her. And then we put 8% in a local church. That's not what we do. That's not, that's not what God is telling us to do. 10% comes here, and then take 2% of your 90% and send it to Grace Chung if you feel that strongly, right? The tithe comes to the local house. The rest of it, you can take from your 90% of blessed because you're already giving your 10, 10%. And, and I believe God will bless that 2% even more because you're doing over and above. You're acting like him. He, he's, he's over and above. So there you go. Okay. I'm almost done. I only have like 12 pages left. I may not be asked to preach again, but I'm having a good time right now. Um, stand with the promises of God for the tithe. Proverbs 10.6 says, Blessings on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you, such blessing, there will be not enough room to receive it. Genesis 12, 2 says this, I will make you a great nation. 
I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. Has anybody ever, um, has anybody ever blessed you? Yeah. All right. Does everybody, has everybody been blessed before? Has anybody secretly put money in your pocket? I know somebody has, has had that happen. Yeah, just, just because. Somebody say, hey, you know what? God told me to, you know, to give you $50 to meet whatever need. I know that happens. This happened to me a couple times. I've been, I've been blessed like that. I've been, people have said, hey, you know, uh, to be honest, Life Church has done that many times to me. Uh, not with money, though. <laughs> when the kids were little, you know, we, they, were, they were little. And we had Moses. Moses, he's an he's a, he's a eater. So um, he always has been. Moses, since he turned 13, he just, I mean, he's, he, it's good. I mean, it's, a, it's a, a good thing. But after everything we had at church, somebody, Lisa did it a lot. Somebody would just say, hey, you know, we got, you know, we got this extra chicken. You, know, you want to take that home so the, so the boys can have something to eat? I'm like, I, to be honest, I'll be honest. It's hard for me to accept. It's easy for me to give. It's hard to receive. I don't know why that is. It's just who I am. Uh, and I, I, I'm like, no, give it to somebody else, somebody who. But she would insist that I take it. Did it get eaten? Absolutely. Was I grateful? Absolutely. But uh, it, things like that are blessings. Things like, like that are, are overflow. Things that, I, I, I don't know that it directly came from tithing, but I do know that it came from the heart of God. I do know that it came times when I didn't have enough. It did come at those times as well. So it is, it is God. We need to be that. As a church, as individuals, we need to be willing to give of our abundance. If you are in need, talk to God. He has the plan. He has the purpose. Somebody, I believe somebody in this church will just... Surprise you like I was surprised by Lisa and whoever else. I mean, it happened a lot because we had three boys, and so we never had food. <coughs> Pardon me. Do you believe in tithing? Do you believe that God will bless you because He said He will? He does. Very good. All right. Last things I promise, and I'm not a preacher, so. Uh, I won't have seven endings. This will be my only ending. God who supplies seed to the sower will multiply and increase the fruit of what I sow. Giving is an act of worship to be done willing, cheerfully, and generously. The Lord will cause us his blessings. The, the Lord will cause his blessings to come upon me and overtake me as the windows of heaven are open. Therefore, I will honor the Lord with the first fruits of all my increase so that my barns be filled with plenty and my presses, presses shall burst out with new wine. Increase. Increase. Enlarge your territory. Stretch that tent. God has more than you can handle.